Hello, Fried fans, and welcome to Season 3 of Fried the Burnout Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Donovan, and my mission with Fried is to hashtag end burnout culture. On this pod, we end burnout culture by sharing stories of people who have been through it all and lived to tell the tale, sharing expert tips from the best of the best in the burnout and stress management fields, and sharing hashtag straight from Kate episodes full of my own expertise plus actionable steps to help you end your own burnout cycle starting today. If you're feeling burnt out right now and need more personalized guidance, I'm here for you. In every episode, you'll find a link to book a free breakthrough burnout call. You can find it easily by heading to bit.ly forward slash call Kate or finding the link in the show notes. This free call helps us decide if one-on-one coaching is perfect for you. If it is, we'll get started. If it isn't, I might suggest one of my immediately available online courses, my book, The Bounce Back Ability Factor, or some sessions with a colleague who's better suited to exactly what you need right now. Also, if you happen to be in New York City, I'd love to see you as a patient. I'm a licensed acupuncturist with over 13 years of international experience, and right now my office is located in Midtown Manhattan. I focus on, you guessed it, burnout. I help your body build up a natural stress resilience to fight off all those pesky symptoms that come alongside burnout. You can find all the deets on that at katedonovanacupuncture.com. Hello, everybody. Today we have an episode that I've been waiting for that I think is going to be helpful to so many of you. I am talking to Roxanne Jarrett, who is an artist and an educator who coaches creative entrepreneurs with ADHD. Her signature systems to help prevent burnout by giving motivated innovators the tools and techniques to launch their offerings with more joy and less stress. Roxanne's groundbreaking work with ADHD entrepreneurs was selected as an innovative program by the 2020 International ADHD Conference and has been showcased on several stages within the ADHD expert arena. A severe trauma survivor who has ADHD herself, Roxanne emphasizes the importance and necessity of doing what you love for a living. Roxanne, Thank you for being here. Welcome to the show. Ooh, thank you for having me, Caitlin. I'm so excited to be here. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So everybody, you know that I have, I get lots of guest pitches for Fried the Burnout podcast and I have a waiting list that has about 60 names on it. And I reached out to Roxanne separately outside of that list because I've been watching her post things on Facebook groups and I've been kind of fangirling (laughs) from the side kind of saying oh I hope she'll talk to me so I'm really excited to have this conversation because there's a lot of misdiagnosed undiagnosed ADHD especially amongst women and it wasn't until I don't know that I have ADHD that's not the point but there were some tips and tricks that that you were pointing out Roxanne during some of your posts that I was sitting there saying oh my god I do that and if I don't do that I can't function Mm. (laughs) mm-hmm and one of the things that you say kind of right in the beginning and in a couple different places is give yourself more time than you assume you need. Oh yeah, that's a huge one. That's a like, huge one, right? And just that one kind of like ticked something in me. Like I I have to do that. If I don't do that, I can't do the task in front of me. I, I literally can't do it. So I have buffers built into all of my um, online scheduling tools also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've had it that way for years because I can't function otherwise. But 
so, so I wanted to talk about ADHD on the podcast because I think there's so much of it that goes undiagnosed and there's so many people that are suffering and they might not know that they just need to do things a little bit differently than what everybody is, than the advice that's out there. But before we get to that, <laughs> yes, that was a lot, that was a lot of information for everybody, but before it, we get it to was that, a lot, yeah, but it's cool. I just wanted to add something yeah. to that. Just this, like a thought that popped in my yeah. head is that, and a director once told Marilyn Monroe, if you can't be on time, be early. Yeah. And that's about like building that buffer. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I am, oh, I've never really been late for almost anything in my life because I always have a 15 minute buffer. I'll sit, I'd rather sit in my car than worry about being late because it makes me like so anxious. Mm -hmm. So, but before we get into all of that, the ADHD and the anxiety and the time management and all that jazz, mm -hmm. I would love for you to share a burnout story from your life. Oh gosh, there are so many, Caitlin. But <laughs> yo, since I am um, working specifically with entrepreneurs with ADHD, I think it would be great for me to tell an entrepreneur, an ADHD entrepreneur burnout story of mine. So um, when I was still living in Brooklyn, um, I was a jewelry designer and I made uh, original pieces out of hand sculpted clay. And um, yo, it was, it, was, it, it was nice stuff, I, I have to say, if I say so myself. So one day, this is my this is my idea of like trying to see if people w will buy my stuff. I put a few samples on on a display, and I went out to about six stores, right, just to show them my samples and ask them if it was something they would be interested in selling in their store because I was moving from from retail one-on-one -on -one vending to wholesale um, and selling to stores. So I went to six stores. Um, the first store I went in, they were like, oh yeah, um, give me, I want like three of those and three of those, right? I said, okay, uh, I'll come back in two weeks. I, and then I kept going to the other stores. At the end of, of, the, of the half morning or the half day, um, I'd gone to the six stores, five of them ordered, right? The last store was like, give me three dozen of those and four dozen of those and all of this stuff. And I was like, okay, I actually didn't go out to take orders. I went to gauge interest. Okay. So yeah, putting the cart in front of the horse just went out to gauge interest. But when people say, give me this and give me that, you what am I yes. going to say? No. <laughs> I said, yes. But then when I got, got back home, I realized not only I have some stock in terms of the beads, right? But I have to make all this stuff, right? And I have to sculpt the beads, right? And then I have to, oh my gosh, you know, string stuff and some more bracelets, some more earrings, some more necklaces. And I also was working uh, at a job. Um, and so I went to my, my, my boss, I was working in advertising uh, um, and she said, well, hire somebody. Well, I realized like I could hire somebody to string beads maybe, um, but the sculpting, I couldn't teach that. There, there was no time. I had to do that. 
part. So uh, I got a woman in my building to string beads. I showed her how to string them. I could not show her how to finish the pieces. It was too technically difficult. And so I had to do that part. I just had her string stuff while I was at work, came home at night, sculpted like crazy. Um, so one of the colors wasn't even um, available temporarily. So I had to um, I had to change things up and I had to call the stores and ask them if it was okay and all this crazy stuff. Anyway, um, I finally filled the order. I told everybody two weeks, it took me a month to fill the orders, right? Made thousands of dollars, okay? So great problem to have, right? You know, <laughs> it's, it's not that my stuff wouldn't sell. <laughs> um, and uh, very promptly had a had a breakdown and ended up in the psychiatric hospital. <laughs> not, su not such a great problem to have. Right, right, not such a great problem, not such a great consequence, right? I filled the order, I held on enough to fill the order and after that, whoo, collapse. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, that's one of my burnout stories and it's wanna, about it being an entrepreneur too. Yeah. And I wanna go back to good problem to have because mm -hmm. this just popped up on another post recently and I have to say it irritated the shit out of me. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it was, you know, one of the groups that I'm in, somebody was saying, you know, my business is really booming, but I'm drowning mm -hmm. and I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Right. So this is my specialty. So I stopped and I looked at all the words that she wrote and I, I sent out a response that was like, number one, this is what you said. So maybe think about this thing. Like I tried to be really thoughtful about it because I've been where she is. That was my burnout story. It was the same. It was this. And just like you're saying, like I got this boom in my business and I killed it financially. I also <laughs> killed myself in the process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, oh, good problem to have. Because the, the idea is as if at least you have money, then the rest of it isn't really important. And I got into so much trouble with that thinking because I grew up in a very lower class city in southeastern Massachusetts. And I did think that money was going to solve all of my problems because that was the thing I was missing. Mm -hmm. Right. So I thought that that was going to happen. And when and when I got there, when I you know made it, quote unquote, mm -hmm. whatever the mm -hmm. heck that means, when I made it, I burnt out. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, so it wasn't a nice problem to have. No. I ended up with hypothyroidism and overweight and miserable. Like that's so I I wanna I want to give people permission to untangle this like, yes, I'm successful financially, and also I'm burnt out and I don't want to do it like this anymore. Right. Because you know what? If you have money and you're not there, <laughs> right? What is that going to do? I think money can, af can afford people the opportunities to do things they haven't done before, like travel or some other things. But, you know, who wants to, uh, uh, you, your health is, is your wealth. That's, that's your primary wealth, you know? You can't take the wealth with you <laughs> and, you know, and, and your health is what sustains you. Um, so, so yeah, I think outwardly, you know, saying a good problem to have, it, it, it's, it, I'm glad that you, you pointed out like, yeah, uh, that's not, that's not the be all and end all. Uh, and, and, and I'm telling you that from that time, um, the, the consequence of, of, 
ending up in, in the hospital, in the psychiatric hospital, um, after putting out that effort and um, doing uh, something that was quote unquote a success, which really was just a monetary um, achievement. Uh, what it did was it instilled a lot of fear, mm. a lot of fear mm -hmm. in me uh, in terms of um, moving forward with my dreams. Fear of success. Oh, absolutely. Like mm -hmm. if success is going to kill me, then maybe I don't want it. But mm -hmm. at the same time, there was a big pining for things that I wanted to achieve. But then this thought that, well, maybe I just can't hack it. Maybe I'm mm -hmm. just not built to um, to a, to a dream, achieve the types of dreams that I have. My dreams are too big for me. Um, yeah. So that just hurt me right mm -hmm. in the middle of my heart. Mm -hmm. My dreams are too big. Maybe my dreams are too big for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe there's something else going on. Did you know at that time, were you already diagnosed as ADHD? Nope. <laughs> okay, so let's go into that story. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> okay, so um, I think I started to suspect that I had ADHD. Let's see. It wasn't 20 years ago yet. Maybe it was like about 2003 or so. And I just started to I just started to Google stuff, like things that I was going through, like symptoms, you know. Yeah. And then I just kept seeing this stuff about ADHD, ADHD, ADHD. And then I was just thinking, is this me? You know. Um, I suspected it. I, I pretty much just assumed that I had it. And at that time. There were not many coaches, um, ADHD coaches. I happened to find one. Well, I was in New York City. So, you know, if it was going to be anywhere. It was going to be in New York <laughs> it was City. It going to be in New York. Mm. And I found um, a coach that I met with. Uh, and I, I tried to work on things with her, but um, I, it, it didn't really quite work out for me. But it did at least kind of help me identify that there was an issue. Mm -hmm. uh, but life went on. And pretty soon after that, um, I had a child. I left New York City. And then I was pretty much focused on being a parent, right? And then when my daughter was uh, coming close to the end of kindergarten, I got this email that said, we'd like to talk to you about some observations, <laughs> right? Concerning your daughter. Yes, my daughter. And, and I just, I freaked out because, you know, not knowing, you know, what did Brene Brown say? When you, when you don't know, you make up a story, yeah. right? So, so, uh, but, but it turned out that they were concerned about things that they thought were ADHD. So right after kindergarten was over, I, I had set an appointment, but I had to wait. And so the appointment was like a couple of days or after school closed. And she was quickly diagnosed with ADHD. <clears throat> and, and then I decided that I wanted to go in and explore this for myself. And I went and uh, saw a doctor and went through all the, the testing and I was diagnosed. So the two of us were in it together, <laughs> you know, and um, and th that was uh, about 10 years ago now. So um, she's a teenager now. 
uh, and it, it's just been my journey since then um, to understand it and um, and learn and I'm still learning and I don't know if I'll ever stop learning about yeah. it but what I what I know now it's kind of like when you were talking about there are things that you do you just know yourself right and you know the types of things that you need I looked back at, at my life and I started to understand things in a different way um and so when I was in college um I, I failed out after the first year. I didn't fail out. Like I wasn't kicked out. I was on probation yeah. after the first year. But see, I had like a lot of pride, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I was just like, me, I'm not, I can, I can't fail out of college. Like me, no, yeah. right? So um, I adjusted my life. I did, I came up with all of these techniques and tricks and all kinds of things to stay in college. See, I realized looking back now that the big difference was that I went away to college, right? So mm -hmm. I didn't have my family structuring me and right. I had to structure myself. Well, look what that took. It took like a year of school and it was just like, mm, you know, yeah. <laughs> I went from being like an honor student, advanced placement student in high school to being like on academic probation. It took right. one year, right. <laughs> okay, yeah. uh, of doing it by myself. But what I did, like, it was just kind of like I had to sink or swim, right? And I just came up with all of these techniques. And, and I mean, I just used my creativity like crazy. I was a wheeler and a dealer. I mean, I was just kind of like going up to, to professors and saying, you know, I'm really interested in taking your course. Uh, do you know the books that you're going to be assigning for next semester? And then I would read in advance over the break. I mean, I did all types of things to make it. And I graduated on the Dean's list, you know, all A's. And, and that was just from techniques, you know, yeah. doing the things that I knew would work for me. I didn't know that I had ADHD. I didn't even know what ADHD was. Yeah. I don't right. think I'd ever heard of it. Yeah, it wasn't a thing. It wasn't talked about. No. I mean, I just heard things about kids are hyper. Some kids right. are hyper. I didn't, I, I didn't even know what it was, but I knew what I needed to do. Yeah. When you started looking up symptoms, when you started like sort of digging through Google and being like, this is not normal, what I'm going through, what's happening, what kind of symptoms were you having that were severe enough for you to be like, I'm going to Google this? I think it was focus. One thing yeah, was just okay. like difficulty staying focused through the completion of projects. Mm -hmm. I could get really excited about something. Um, and, but if I like, uh, but but I, I I just didn't seem to most of the time I, I didn't seem to be able to take an idea from beginning to end mm -hmm. take a project through to completion yeah right now with the jewelry for example I could do the sculpting part it was highly interesting highly edifying to me but all the other stuff you know it was not um, it was just hard. Didn't light no. you up in any way, the other stuff? No, not much. No, I did not like selling. I didn't, but I knew like, you know, what am I just going to sculpt things and sit there? Right. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So there's people out there that are saying like, well, I can't focus either. Mm -hmm. Focus alone is not enough. Issues with focus is not enough to get you an ADHD 
diagnosis. No. So there, there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of symptoms. Um, there are a lot of traits. Um, certain, the, the thing is, right, when you go to get tested for ADHD, if, if the traits, if a significant amount of the criteria um, didn't show up in childhood, then you're not going to be diagnosed really with ADHD uh, because, see, it's a brain wiring difference, right? So it's a it's a wiring difference. It's something that you're born with, and it might become evident in school because we are asked to do things and we're asked to do things in a particular way and with a particular type of structure that is usually designed for people who are called neurotypicals whose brain wiring is not like, like a person with ADHD. So uh, losing things, people lose things all the time. If, if someone's stressed out, they're likely to lose things. Um, uh, someone's um, losing their memory, <laughs> they could lose yeah. things. Uh, but if, if uh, chronic um, loss, like losing things chronically. Um, let's see. Another thing is a planning horizon, like being able to look into the future and plan and understand how long something is going to take. Mm. That is a, diff a big difficulty for people with ADHD, right? And that, that goes either way. Like somebody with ADHD might say, I'm going to write an email. It's going to take me five minutes. And then it takes 30 minutes, Right. right? Or I got to do uh, I got to do my math homework, and you know they might look at the two pages and say that's going to take me like two hours, and then it takes like twenty minutes. Right. Right. So um, being uh, like being aware of the movement of time and how to measure it and how to look into the future to plan um, that is a, a typical. Um, difficulty for people with ADHD. So a, a typical eight-year-old can look like a, like an hour into the future, okay. right? And as we become adults, we can look forward um, hours ahead, days ahead, weeks ahead, months ahead, and, you know, sometimes years ahead. Well, people with ADHD, our planning horizon, that means our ability to look into the future and to plot things out, you know, and structure it is, it's, it's, it's not like a neurotypical person's. And so it's tends to be more difficult. Yeah. And that's why people with ADHD can often be late. Um, uh, and some might be super early to things uh, yeah. for that reason. Yeah. I read something. Um, it wasn't on your, uh, wasn't on your feed. It was another woman that I follow that does ADHD work. And she was writing about the, um, a symptom of waiting. Like when you know you have a task coming up, you can't start another task because that task is waiting and you like, you just can't. And I was watching it and I was like, Oh my God, I'm such a waiter. I can't. Like you, like you can't wait for- No, I always wait. If I have a task that's, if I have to leave in 20 minutes to do something, mm -hmm. I can't start any other task in that 20 minutes 
because I can't figure out how it's gonna, if it's gonna fit, if it's not gonna fit, if I'm, if it's gonna force me to be late, if I need to be in the car at those 20 minutes or do I need to be downstairs three minutes before that because I need to put on my shoes and, and put on my jacket. And like, though I, I do a lot of waiting in my life because I'm afraid to put things in places where they might not fit. Oh yeah. Okay. That's a good one. Actually, it seems like you're air, you're air, erring, <laughs> help, help me, airing, E-R-R. Um, airing on the side of caution, right? Yeah. Um, Cause some people are the opposite and they're just like, oh yeah, I have 10 minutes. You know, I'm leaving in 10 minutes. So I'm going to start like cooking this. <laughs> I don't know. Lasagna. Oh, could, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I could just do this, whip this up in five minutes. It's not going to take them. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it, it uh, everyone's different and, yeah. um, but it is, yeah, that measurement. And so something that's really helpful um, are supports that will help that, right? Like particular supports to keep people on track. Right. And one of the things that I really love um not a paid endorsement um, is is the is well I I can just say like a voice activated um, uh, support like the Amazon Echo or um, often called Alexa don't want to yeah. set mine off um, or Google Home um, yeah those things uh, are 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 awesome because I know that sometimes I say well you know, like you're I have 20 minutes, I'm going to leave in 20 minutes, but there's something that I want to do. And I'm just, I don't necessarily trust myself that, that I really, I'm gonna, uh, you know, yeah. get transition. Um, Cause transitioning is a huge difficulty for people with ADHD. And so I'd, I'll set a timer, a reminder. Yeah. And I will say uh, literally stop what you're doing <laughs> and get your coat or something like that. Right, and right. then after 10 minutes, it'll just go off and go, dun, 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 stop what you're doing. Go get your coat. <laughs> yeah. Um, I set alarms for a lot of things. Oh, the, I set it, alarms it, for a lot of things. Yeah. All the time. It's a key. It's you know, the, 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 um, the Amazon echo has changed my life. Yeah. I've, I've had it since I think, 2016. Um, you were an early adapter. I wasn't. I'm not usually the first person to do anything. I lived in New York till 2005 without a cell phone. Like everybody <laughs> had a cell phone. I didn't. I was like, I don't want a cell phone. Um, that so, was still Nokia times. People were playing Snake on their phones. Yeah, then. that was. But I was like, I don't know what that is. Um, so, <laughs> but but I I was I actually had like this thing that I had created originally for my daughter. It was like an audio uh, support mm-hmm. to. Um, take her through her morning routine and I had I recorded it and burned it on a cd and I used to play it every morning so that she would know what to do and when to get downstairs because she bust an hour uh every yeah. day like each way to to yeah. and from school yeah. and so if I missed that bus <laughs> I would have to drive all the way you know yeah. um to this school and I said, I'm not, you know, I'm not about to do that. But at the same time, I couldn't, I, I had other things to gather and get ready in the morning. So I couldn't stand over her the whole time. Yeah. And so I was looking for something that I could a- actually uh, upload the audio to um, that was going to be simple. Because, you know, another thing for people with ADHD, 
and I would argue for anyone, is the fewer steps, the better, right? Yeah. Like if if you have to if you have to go through three or four steps in order to um, use a support, then you're not going to use it, or you're opening yourself up. Yeah. Like to so much, so much stuff. Like if I'm, I don't really use timers on my phone yeah. because if I pick up my phone and I see a text, <laughs> right. Yeah. Coming from my mom. And then I start to answer the text and then I, all you know, of a sudden you're half an hour on Instagram. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So uh, that, how did I get here things? So, so yeah, the fewer steps. So I, what I like about, about the Amazon echo or let's say Google home is that you can just say, Hey, set this timer, do this, do that. And you don't have to touch anything. You don't have to look at anything. You don't have to get distracted by anything. Yeah. So it's, it's awesome. I like that. And not the, this is an example just from today. I knew I had from my, the end of my last call until our conversation, I had a two hour window. So I was like, great, I'll go for a walk with my dog, but she was at doggy daycare yesterday. So she's tired today. So I got her outside. She pretty much looked at me and rolled her eyes and walked back in. <laughs> She was like, I am not interested in this today. Ma, leave me, just leave me alone. So we came back inside and I said, okay, well now I have time to make dinner. So I'm going to make fried rice. That was the plan today. I'm going to make fried rice. It'll be done. And then I won't have to do it later. And then, so I made the fried rice and I still had a half an hour and I sat down in a chair and I picked up my phone and five minutes into picking up my phone, I had like a mini anxiety attack. Because I was like, oh, what time is it? Because I hadn't set a timer. Mm. And normally I would. It's like, it's time to go back upstairs. But I hadn't set a timer. And I was automatically afraid that I missed the beginning of our meeting. It was only five past one. <laughs> I still had 55 minutes. Oh my gosh. But yeah, that, that, that just difficulty. Because the thing is like ADHD brains. So ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, right? Um, very problematic term. Name, yes. All yeah, because <laughs> first of all, not everyone who has it has hyperactivity disorder. It used yeah. to be separated ADD and ADHD, but right. now everything's under the same umbrella. Yeah. And then the other part is deficit, attention yeah. deficit. Rude. The thing is, if, uh, this, if you are supremely interested in something and you have ADHD, you could become so engrossed in it. There's right. no deficit of attention. Okay. Right. It's, it, but you might not realize how much time passed. Yes. That's the issue. Right. right. So, um, yeah, those external supports, yeah. those reminders, yeah. um, are key. And another thing that's really key for me and like what I try to say, to my daughter and like anybody else has ADHD is just like, accept it. Like accept that that's how your brain is. Yeah. Like you don't have to lie to yourself, <laughs> not to lie, like, you know, and say, I'm going to remember, I'm not going to forget and, and, and so on. No. Um, set the timer. Set the timer. Yeah. And it's when just... I do set a timer, I'm usually in space before the timer goes off. Like as, as long as the timer is on, my brain seems to stay on track. But if it's not on, I'm who knows where. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, very, it's, it's actually can, can be very calming, you yeah. know, to know that yeah. it's done, it's set. So speaking of calming. <laughs> yes. Speaking of calming, Roxanne, <laughs> mm -hmm. 
in so much of your work in so many of the posts that you write in so much so many of the videos that are on your website there's a lot of talk about anxiety so mm -hmm. what's the combo between adhd and anxiety well big comorbidity as they call it okay um so so the thing is right like if you're growing up in in a neurotypical world and you have adhd then um Anxiety tends to be a big issue because so people with ADHD, uh, children with ADHD, by the time their childhood is over, they've been, quote unquote, corrected <laughs> um, by adults at least 20,000 more times uh, on average than a neurotypical child. Mm -hmm. So that shows it becomes evident in social situations in classrooms that, hey, there's something going on with me, whether there's a diagnosis or not. And so there's this tension that builds. Um, there's uh, this anxiety that to perform and to perform in a way that doesn't always necessarily work with the way mm. that an ADHD brain works. And so uh, going into reaching adulthood, a lot of people with ADHD have anxiety issues because there's this fear, you know, am I going to mess up? Mm. Am I going to be on time? Am I going to, am I going to blurt something out um, at an, at an in, quote unquote, inappropriate moment? Am I going to be accepted by my, by my peers? Am I, th there, there's, there's all of this questioning. And then there's this low self-esteem thing that, that goes along with it. And that's why um, adults with ADHD are four times more likely to suffer from depression than the general population also. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and that's why, you know, a diagnosis, um, it's not, it's not a, a, an excuse. It's an, it's an explanation. It's, it's a place to start, to start to understand um, how an ADHD brain works, if that's yours and how to live and how to thrive. Um, and there's a certain point, um, I think for people who discover that they have ADHD, particularly when they're in their adulthood, when they get to this point of self-acceptance, just my brain is wired differently. I have to approach things differently. Um, I love to see people with ADHD develop a fuck you attitude. Mm. Like just kind of, now I know. Now I know what's going on. I don't have to make excuses. I understand and I'm learning and I'll continue to learn. But you know what? I don't have to be right. like a neurotypical person. I don't have to behave <laughs> like a neurotypical person. Um, I don't have to build my business. I don't have to, yep, I don't have to build my business like a neurotypical person. And it's okay to have the types of supports that I have, you know, because I mean, I've been through it. I, I've, I, there are times I've, you know, I've been accepting of myself for a while, but there are people who have come into my life to criticize me because I use particular supports because I use the Amazon Echo, for example. It's like, well, what's wrong with you? You, you know, you, you don't 
you know what why are you doing that that's weird okay let it be weird let it be weird it works for me sorry but like you know I don't have to live up to somebody else's expectations of how my brain should be wired because it's not wired like that. Yeah. I can't change it. And you know what? I don't want to change it. Yeah. Because wending my way through this world, this neurotypically constructed world with this brain has caused (laughs) me to exercise my creative muscles so much that I can run circles around somebody else who's trying to come up with supports for some people with ADHD to accomplish yeah. anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So is that one of the things that you work on with people, especially because you work with a lot of entrepreneurs, like do you help them create the system of supports that's going to be the system that supports them best? Oh yeah. That's like pretty much what I do like okay. all day and all day and night. <laughs> okay. So the, we, we already know that you love the echo or the Siri or whoever the heck is going to be yes. taking the notes and doing the things. Mm-hmm. Um, if, are there another couple of things, maybe one or two other things that come up really frequently? I know that like when in my work, there's some things that come up frequently. And then there's some things that I say to one person, you know, twice a year or something, but are there any other, a couple other like super typical things that are helpful for most people that are neurodivergent in the way of ADHD because ADHD is only one type of neurodivergence, right? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Well, are you talking about just people with ADHD or entrepreneurs with ADHD? Entrepreneurs with ADHD. Okay. Well, okay. A few things. (laughs) Number one is like check yourself and make sure that the, the meat and potatoes, the bread and butter of your business is based upon something that you are supremely passionate about. Mm. Because the the, see, the ADHD brain is wired in such a way that the dopamine levels are, are lower. And, mm-hmm. and so um, we need things that are going to like sp- uh, increase the dopamine levels and spark, spark them. So um, we have to be supremely interested in what we do. Okay. Okay. So, um, and it's okay to play with that for a while. Um, and then, and there are ways that you can work on listing and, uh, looking at your past and your present to look for motifs and themes to say, oh, I always keep coming back to this thing. You know, so, so sometimes I, I had uh, one client who said, I'm not really passionate about anything. And then I just said, started asking her more questions and she's like an awesome writer by the way, she has this incredible newsletter. And, um, but the thing was, she was burnt out on on her newsletter, right? On the work, you know, uh, the the marketing and all of that stuff, right? right? And then she wasn't enjoying the writing part. But when we broke down the things that she was interested in, it was like um, learning new things, reading fiction, sharing the cool things that she learned with other people, and writing. And I'm like, well, that's what you do in your newsletter. That's exactly what you, what you do in your newsletter. Mm-hmm. So now we just have to w- deal with the other part. Right. So another thing I would say for um, entrepreneurs with ADHD is start delegating sooner than later. Mm. That's a huge, huge one. Start delegating sooner than later. Even when you think oh, I'm not making any money and I can't afford blah, blah, blah. Like if you can just get into the habit 
of delegating something that costs $20, $30. Now we have all these, these, um, these uh, platforms where we can hire people. It's a global economy. Yeah. Um, you can get somebody who can do something uh, for you. Del start delegating and see what it what it's like to give somebody else something that would take you two hours to do that you hate. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, start doing that. And and another huge 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 one is um, make this a mantra no one is an island. No one is an island. And you see, when I talk about the support, like how I use the Amazon Echo, like accountability is a huge thing. So if you're at the point where you're not able to delegate most or most things or the difficult things, then start making connections with other people who are other entrepreneurs, other people with ADHD, other entrepreneurs with ADHD, set up these Zoom meetings, meet and state your goals at the beginning, encourage one another. You know, so if you meet for an hour and you got 15 minutes worth of stuff done, yo, <laughs> that's 15 minutes more work than if you were sitting by yourself, twiddling your thumbs, getting anxious and overwhelmed, like I do not wanna do this. Yeah reach out and, and partner with people, get accountability partners um, yeah. as much as you can until you're able to delegate the things that you just don't wanna do, um, connect. And even when, you're de when, you, when you've delegated, still connect, just connect. We're Stay wired connected. for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, I just recently passed out, passed out my, outsourced my podcast production. Mm -hmm. because this part I could do this part all day mm -hmm. you want I have recording two podcast episodes in a row today I am thrilled about that because I love this part mm -hmm. and I don't mind some other parts that come after it but they do feel mostly tedious mm -hmm. and I just outsourced it and this is the the week that we're recording this is not the week that it's coming out so you know but the, the during this week was the first time that somebody else did most of the things attached to the podcast and I'm sitting back here like I like this view I want to acknowledge that that's not easy no. right because especially when you you love what you're doing and this is your baby that it's hard to delegate mm -hmm. um because it's just kind of are they going to do it the way that I want are they gonna you know so there's yeah. another skill like you have, you know have to learn in terms of management, but there's another thing about letting go. Yeah. That's hard. Uh, of course, when you're dealing with something that you care about and love, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's just amazing. Like when I was building my, my online course, it, it's my online course is very heavily based on video um, mm -hmm. because it's geared toward people with ADHD. It's like right. a lot of audio visual, like a lot of, um, yeah, the videos are great. Yeah, the animation, like all yeah. of this stuff, yeah. right? And keep and I brain like, activated. I was wondering about that actually when I was watching your video. I was like, I wonder if this is on purpose to keep people's attention. Which video? The the brain dump video. Oh. Because there's like a lot, a ton of animation. There's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of things to draw you in. There's 
Like it's so well done. Thank you. It, but it's like, there's a balance, like, you know, yeah. there's a way to do it where there, there's instruction, but there's also the visual element to keep people um, engaged. Right. Yeah, that's great. And, and I'm saying like, I had to delegate certain things. Like, you know, I edited a lot of my video um, on my own and the, that brain dump video, I edited that right wow. myself. That's a but, lot of work. Yeah, it is, you know, and it's I do a decent job, but you know, I, I, I delegated some things during my course to an editor and you know what happened? Like, you know, if, if it's just like certain things I asked him to do and he did it, he didn't do it in the way that I pictured, but you know what? He did it better <laughs> sometimes. Like sometimes you'll surprise yourself when you just let yeah. go and yeah. let somebody else be the expert. Yes. Yes. You know? so when I got my first round of show notes, I looked at them and I was like, hmm, these are better show notes than I have written in almost two years. Mm. So you, know, you can do the show notes now. Yay. Yay. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's trial and error. It doesn't always work out, but it's yeah. something to do. And there are ways to learn how to delegate effectively, you know, so that yeah. you can skip over some of the common pitfalls. Another thing I want to come back to anxiety though. Yeah. Yeah. Let's like do you, that. You were talking about, um, wait, wait where were we? you were talking about tedious, like things that were tedious. Yeah. Right. So this is the thing, right? Yo, this is one word that I cannot stand is should. Ugh. Right. Because Ugh. should is this judgmental. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the way should is to me. I'm, I'm trying to think, I, I mean, I, I didn't go through the actual logical theorem. Right. But what is should ever not based on somebody's opinion? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and so one thing that happens, I think, to people with ADHD or uh, people who have struggled um, to execute um, in their lives is like that you should be able to do something. Right. Mm-hmm. Like in, in school, it's like, OK, it's hard for me to do math or it's hard for me to to punctuate uh, uh, paper or whatever it is, uh, well, work harder, uh, focus more. You should be able to, and you need to be able to do this by the time you finish whatever, 12th grade or sixth grade or whatever. Um, And that's ingrained in me. And I have some of that when I deal with my child, you know, I'm like, you need to learn how to do blah, blah, blah. But guess what? When you become an adult (laughs) and you start to run your own business, Okay, Um, be careful about falling into uh, that pattern of, oh, it's tedious, but I should be able to do it because that's training. That's a pattern that was learned, right? And so with delegating, it's like kind of stepping outside and looking at it a different way and saying, but should I though? Well, should be able to do it is one thing, but should do it because it's gonna save me money right? Should do it because, you know, other people talk about how they do it all. Should do it. There's so many reasons we can put behind the should. There's so many, you know, but, but bottom line is, did you get the work? Is it true? Is it true? And let me, and this other big thing, big, right? This is like the foundation of everything that I do, right? With people, whether you have ADHD or not, is your birthright. Okay having more moments in your life that you enjoy, that Mm. thrill you, right? That's your birthright. So 
why go into business to, to, to um, bind yourself or, uh, or to, to burden yourself with things that you don't enjoy, right? Yeah. Figure out a way to have more joyful moments, more joyful moments, and, 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 and realize a lot of times when that, that should is just a pattern of comparing yourself to other people, taking messages from your childhood, all types of stuff, right? Because I've seen successful entrepreneurs, right, whether they have ADHD or not, kind of doing the parts of their job that they love, doing very little that they don't, having a lot of time off and and making money. And then you know what happens to them a lot of times? <laughs> Other people, the same people who said, you should do this by yourself. You should be able to hunker down and do the tedious stuff are looking at them and saying, how do they live? Um, that person, she, you know, she doesn't, she hardly works and she makes money. She, who, who does she think she is? Mm -hmm. You know, you know who I think I am and you know who you think you are? <laughs> You're you yeah. and it's your life and it's one and you only have one, right? So, so seize the day and think of, um, you know, let that brain work, <laughs> let your creativity flow and think of the ways that you can in infuse more joy um, into your work, your life, everything that you do. I love that so much. And I am not a, I grew up in the Catholic church, but I'm not a religious person. Mm -hmm. um, that is my religion. Mm -hmm. Joyful moments is, is my belief of when people say, you know, kind of wonder like, why are we here? <laughs> like, enjoyment. Mm-hmm as much as possible. And not all of it is going to be joyful. There's going to be shit that happens that throws you off course. And I don't even need you to be joyful constantly. That's not normal either. That's called mania and it's <laughs> diagnosable and like not okay. Right. Uh, more enjoyment, more joyful moments. Yes, please. So simple. Mm -hmm. And you know what those moments are because they do things in your body your chest expands, you feel tingly everywhere, your heart opens, your stomach relaxes, your shoulders let go. We all know that those feelings, more of those, I'm into it. I love it. I just, let, I just let you take me there for a moment. Yes, and I, I, I loved it. I loved watching it happen. It's just the simple, This it, it all comes down to the simple stuff. At the end of the day, we make a lot of things very complicated. Mm -hmm but it comes down to the simple stuff. We are nearing the end of the hour, which I cannot believe because that went so fast today. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm having so much fun. <laughs> Me too, but I did wanna leave some space for you to talk a little bit more about the, the online course that you offer, a little bit more about your services before we wrap up. Oh, sure. So I have an online course called Get Real About Time. And it's about, um, it's for uh, content creators with ADHD, um, and that can mean a lot of different things, uh, entrepreneurs. And it teaches two main frameworks that I use to maximize time and get to work with more joy and less stress. And 
I really just had a whole lot of fun um, building the course because I got to use a lot of my creativity and I got to really like just get in my own body as a person with ADHD and just kind of look out and daydream about working with um, with other people with ADHD remotely, which I have I hadn't done before. Like everything has was has been one on one or very small group, and so um, it's really interactive. I'm really proud of it. There's lots of um, animation. There's there's lots of it's just it's just a lot of fun and it's very step by step there are no notes that need to be taken like it's just uh hallelujah it's very experiential and um and you bring your own work to the course oh, you know because wow. see the some people say i don't want to take a course because then i gotta take a course i'm like no no this course is like bring your work and we're actually doing your work in real time in the course that's amazing yes it's so much fun um <laughs> I'm really, really happy with it. Um, and it's helped, it's helped a lot of people so far. Um, that is so great. So yeah. the link to that will be in the show notes, everybody. Do you also do one-on-one -on -one work? Yes, I do one-on-one -on -one work with entrepreneurs with ADHD and it's kind of taking the tenets of the course um, and accelerating people through the process and giving them uh, the help to transition their lives mm -hmm. um, into using the processes that I teach. What my aim is to work with people short term. Yeah. Right. Um, some people need a month. Some people need three months. Um, some people just need like a full on VIP day, you know, um, yeah. one person I worked with, um, wanted to flesh out a course, her course. And she's like, it's a three month course. It's going to take us like eight, maybe eight sessions to, to flesh it out. It took two, <laughs> you know, and then that was it. That's, that's what, that's what she needed. So what I do Ooh. is like, I help people transition to the independence, um, also, but, but all, and part of that transition is is pointing out and, and validating and, and affirming that in the, with your independence you need interdependence mm -hmm. so even if you trans when you transition from one-on-one -on -one with me you're still making appointments with other entrepreneurs you're still doing the things to keep you on track uh, but sometimes that. people need more help transitioning um, their lives in that way. And I love to do that. That is my, that is, that's my jam. And you can just watch it just shine right out of your face here. Just like, <laughs> there's so much joy in that. So do you have anything that you would like to leave people with today? Oh gosh, wow. There's, there's so much and there's so much I could, um, could leave, um, people with but hey you know what we're on we're on we're on fried the burnout mm -hmm. podcast right so um if you have adhd or or if you suspect you have adhd your your burnout your burnout days um they can be in the past you know, and I know that people have stressful, stressful days. I had a hugely stressful week last week. Um, for example, um, we have moments. We definitely have moments. Um, but there is help. There are techniques that are designed for you, for your type of brain. So um, there is hope, big hope. And um, there are people out here who are rooting for you and who know that it is possible 
to achieve your big dreams and that your dreams are not too big for you. Um, so know that, remember that, and, um, and there's no shame. There's absolutely no shame ever in asking for help. I just need to let that sink in for a minute for everybody. And I just want to re-emphasize, it's been said on the podcast, I think four or five times, if I'm counting, I'm going to make it a sixth because I think it's important enough. Your dream is not too big for you. You might need a little more support than you got right now, but that doesn't mean that your dream is too big for you. Your dream is just the right size for your life. So everybody listening, join me in sending gratitude to our guest today, to Roxanne for being here, sharing her joy and her creativity and her knowledge and all of the systems that she had to creatively create for herself in order to function in a world that was not kind to the way her brain functioned and she didn't know it for a very long time. Right, so join me in sending her gratitude, please. And as always, we will be back next week. Until then.